Good morning. Welcome to platform. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Vincent and Laura. Good morning, cicadas. Yeah, for sure. It's like good night moon in a whole new way. <laughs> Good morning also to our friends via Facebook. We're delighted to have you joining us this morning. For folks who are on the Zoom, we encourage you to say hello in the chat. Um, if you wanna set your settings to all panelists and attendees, you can say hello to the collective. And it'd be great if you give us a shout out, especially if you're visiting from another ethical society or for somewhere outside our local area. We're always delighted to see from how far we have come together and together today. This is also a good time while we're gathering to get a candle to light during our candle lighting segment. Good morning, Willis family. <laughs> good morning, Adam. Good morning, Donna. So glad to have you all with us. It's a great time to grab your candle and then uh, get Come settle in your, with your beverage of choice and a comfortable seat as we continue to gather. Yes, good morning, Patty. Indeed, it is beautiful. And so nice that we can gather at least this way. And, you know, things are improving soon, soon, maybe um, under careful guidelines from our very dil diligent uh, committee that's attending to how best to gather in person that may come. Good morning, Shirley. Glad to have you with us this morning. It's a lovely morning. It's definitely starting to feel closer to summer. <laughs> Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Julie. Hola, indeed. <laughs> Hi, Rajesh. Glad to have you here this morning. Just a reminder to folks, if you'd like to join in the candle lighting by lighting your own candle, now's a good time to get that in place your beverage of choice and have your comfy seat already. Good morning, Brian and Leanne. Good morning, Perry B. Glad to have folks joining us in. Good morning again from Facebook folks. Yes, we're noting that uh, Zoom has changed the rules a little bit. And they're being very mindful about alerting us that this is being recorded. So even though as an attendee, you're not on screen in any way, you may have been asked a question. So thanks all for saying yes to be willing to join in. It's really mainly the recording for those of us on the panel. But um, I think this is a sign of increasing attention to privacy considerations, which is probably a good thing. Again, if you are joining us, especially for the first time today, or you've been here week over week, please feel free to say hello in the chat. We especially love to hear if you're visiting from another ethical society or from somewhere outside of our local metro area. We'll begin just in a moment. So if you have 
any last minute adjustments to make, finding your candle, getting your beverage, getting settled in a comfortable seat, this is the time to do so. And I'll just check in with John. Are we is all good to go? Shall we begin? Good morning. Our opening words this morning are from Ed Erickson, who was the leader here at Washington Ethical Society from 1959 to 1971. They are an excerpt from his book, The Humanist Way, which describes the beliefs and activities of ethical culture societies. And here are his words. On the 15th of May, 1876, a Sunday evening, a group of religiously minded freethinkers assembled for the first meeting of what was to become the New York Society for Ethical Culture, the first gathering of its kind anywhere in the world. What Einstein identified later on the 75th anniversary of this event as, quote, a purely ethical conception of the religious life, end quote, was inspired thought that moved the original little band in New York City to create ethical culture. They could, of course, have organized their new society on a purely secular basis. Scientific rationalism and skepticism were in flower then, and the more iconoclastic spirits of the time were asking, why be religious in any sense? What use is it? But the organizers of the fledgling ethical movement understood the strength of religious idealism as a creative force in human life. What they still had to demonstrate was the possibility of constructing a religious society on the sole foundation of an ethical conception of faith. The new society would be inclusive in its membership. It would be neither Jewish nor Christian. Felix Adler's goal was to establish spiritual community on the common ground of a shared concern for the quality of human relationships. A new people building a new civilization required a moral faith larger and more inclusive than the traditional creeds could accommodate. So ends the reading. We begin today's platform with music from the West Chorus. The words are by Felix Adler, the founder of Ethical Culture, with additional lyrics written by Wes's own Perry Bider. Justice reigns, but so does. 
Good morning again, and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. And a special thank you again to Perry Bider for those new lyrics to an old song that's very meaningful to ethical culture. I'm Karen Schofield Leka. My pronouns are per and pers, short for person, and I'm the officiant this morning. Today's platform is our annual Founders Day celebration, where we reflect on the beginnings, the evolution, and the future of ethical culture. Visitors from near and far, we especially welcome you. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form, which Maceo has put as a link in the chat. And we hope you'll join us after the platform service for coffee hour for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you do not want to see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it. And closed captioning is also available and you can turn that on or off as you prefer. Each week, a member of our community reads our statement of purpose so that we might hear our shared values in each other's voices. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash read SOP. This week, our reader is Adam Goldberg, and Adam is a member of the Lay Leadership Development Committee, a group that's been quite busy lately, and they encourage everyone to consider how they can most joyfully express their leadership within the West community. Now I invite Adam to read our statement of purpose. Thank you, Karen, and good morning, everyone. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you so much, Adam. And all, if you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of the lives of Palestinians and Israelis lost in the most recent conflict, and for all those living under a fragile ceasefire. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. Thanks, Karen. Good morning, Wes. I'm Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm the interim leader here at Wes. We continue our centering time with a reading followed by a meditation. The reading is by Laura Yvonne Steinman. Let us listen deeply to what is on our hearts. Let us listen to what our fears are. Let us listen to the young children. Let us listen to the teens. Let us listen to the elders. Let us listen when the world is sick. Let us listen. So ends the reading. 
we enter into a time of meditation, you may wish to close your eyes or soften your gaze and breathe in and out. Listen to what is on your heart. It may be a situation in the news or among your loved ones or unresolved in your own conscience. Listen for the hopes, the struggles, the gratitude, the wonder. Breathe in and out as we listen to what is on our hearts. And breathe in and out as you picture a young person of your acquaintance, a child or a teen. What wisdom have they shared with you? What wisdom do they embody in their living and creating, in their speaking and in their quiet? Breathe in and out as we listen to the wisdom of the young. And breathe in and out as you picture an elder of your acquaintance. This may be a neighbor or a relative or a friend here at Wes, or maybe someone whose wisdom lives on in a, as a legacy. What advice or reassurance or witness would they have for what is on your heart? Breathe in and out as we listen to the wisdom of elders. And breathe in and out as we hold in loving kindness all that hurts in our communities, in our families, in the world. Let us listen to what hurts and also listen to the possibilities for healing. Let us listen for the resourcefulness and resilience of the past and for the creative solutions of the future. Let us breathe in and out as we listen. We continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows. again to the West Chorus. Before we begin the address, I'd like to share a reading that Paul Baker found showing how the values of ethical culture thread through the decades. This is from a 1959 book, Ideals at Work by L.D. McIntyre, 
and I've adapted it for gender inclusion. The ethical movement has no creed, but it does have some guiding principles. We do not believe in dissent for dissent's sake. We oppose conformity because our faith in the ability of free minds to arrive at sound judgments when the facts are available. We believe in humans' ability to correct the errors we have made. And since institutions are human-made, we see social and ethical changes coming as the result of developing better people who may leave this world a better place for having lived. For if religion is an active enthusiasm for a fine quality of life, then the only way we can make up for the shortness of life is to improve its quality. Well, it's good to be together for our Founders Day platform. As you heard in the opening words, the actual anniversary of the founding of ethical culture is May 16th. However, last week we were supporting our teens in the national movement, Youth of Ethical Societies, or YES, as they led an all societies platform. History is always moving forward. So here we are this week. With me today for a dialogue platform address is Paul Baker, who knows a lot about West history. And I've got some questions for Paul and we'll all have a chance to share memories and perspectives in community sharing. Paul, I am so glad to have you with us. So let's get started. So first question, people have called you a historian. How did you get involved in the history of West? Well, Lynn, it uh, was a two-step process for me. Uh, first, I was having lunch with an old-timer at West, Ken Davis, and we started talking about the work that he and others did to teach a subject called Relationship Building, or RB for short. I took those courses back in the 80s. Uh, we recalled how valuable was uh, RB was for many people, and also the subject fit nicely into a need that just is ever-present to build strong community relations. I'm sure you will agree, Lynn, that you can't have a healthy community without healthy relations between people. So the RB course back then served an important role. In spite of the value that myself and others found, very little of that got captured on paper. That got me started thinking about West history. Uh, and, and Ken had mentioned that there was a tape about it. So I just wanted to dust off all material and make it visible on the web. Uh, so that was the start. And then the second step came in the form of a shock. Uh, Wes switched the content management system for our website. And as a result, a lot of information that people had put out, out there over the years just was lost from view. After that, I got involved in restoring content to a visible state. So I had two things pushing me, the RB thing and the concern over loss. However, I'm not anyone, sure anyone should call me a historian. Uh, not in my view, anyhow. Um, I think old timers will agree that the first and perhaps only historian at West was L.D. McIntyre, one of the founder generation. McIntyre wrote a comprehensive history of West from 1944 to 1969. That's 25 years starting at the beginning here in Washington. His history gives a detailed account of who led West, what the main events were that happened, and the community efforts that West's members chose back then as their labor of love and contribution. I certainly don't measure up to what McIntyre achieved, and honestly, I haven't tried. So you don't think of yourself as a historian, but you've done a lot. Can you tell people what that was? Well, certainly. If you visit the website, you'll find a section called simply the past. It is under the connection menu. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh-oh, did we lose Paul? I'll give him a minute. Maybe while you're waiting, if you, if you are in front of a device, you can go to the website and look at the connections menu and see if you can find the documents he's talking about. Oh. Uh, well, while we're waiting for Paul to come back, um, I will uh, tell you a little, I'll tell you a little bit about what he's done. Um, so Paul has, there you go, are you back? Nope, he's not. Um, so, Paul. Um, I think I'm back. 
You are back. Okay, so you were saying about what you've done on the, the past part of the connections menu. Everybody thank Comcast for interruption. Okay. Thank you, Comcast. <laughs> You'll find the, uh, the past under the connection menu. Um, I added that to the website as a kind of rallying point for anyone who wants to help Wes keep a digital record of the past. And I put material in there and so have others. And I certainly want to thank today uh, Joe London and Mary Lou Casasa for their contribution of material from when they taught the RB courses. Also, Mary Lou found and scanned uh, paper copies of popular trans, uh, platform talks that people had previously transcribed from the audio tapes. And Tom Hutton helped setting up the scanning. <clears throat> the part where I spend most of my time, my time is called the Classic Cellar. It is a curated collection of platform talks from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. These were selected to represent themes. They were sliced out of analog tape recordings, digitized, and posted now on our website as modern MP3 audio files. And I listed them under themes like religion and relationships. There's even a theme for West history, where you can hear some talks about West history. When I built the classic center, a cellar, I guess I was fulfilling one of those roles of a historian. I selected the material and I placed it in a context that helps you find it. But even then, this is highly biased. Others have, would have made a different selection. Moreover, I only worked on analog tapes. No one has worked on digital recordings to my knowledge. And you can't just pile documents or files in a corner and call it history. Someone has to go through the material, organize it, and present it in an approachable way, say with a table of contents or an index. I'm sure other members will create content uh, for this section called the past, and I'll help you put it up there. It is really a job for members, don't forget. You have to realize Robin has her hands full just filling the website with new information that pours in every week. It is up to members to recover the older material, select the parts that deserve permanence, and add the selected material to our website. So I put in some work, and when, but when you come down to it, this is just a collection of old stuff, not a proper history. So maybe a more accurate description of what you do as archivist. You know, that's a good description, yes. It seems to me that you are doing history because you're presenting material from a particular time at Wes, and isn't that what McIntyre did for his time? Uh, well, McIntyre went beyond the facts and identified major themes, which I did in the uh, classic song. And the, he identified the ideas that were important to people back then. Just to mention two, he emphasized the work and service that went into getting the public and the Supreme Court to recognize that there are certain religious organizations that don't make a belief in God a litmus test for membership. Such organizations, like West, do exist and have a right to exist under our freedom of religion in the U.S. Constitution. McIntyre also recounted the way West members participated in civil rights movements. It is a shame West did not recruit immediately another historian when McIntyre retired from the job. Uh, Lynn, I think a historian should try to explain why things happened and how people thought about events. I feel a, a good historian should portray a broad perspective. You know, one of the past leaders here, you, you already mentioned his name today, Ed Erickson, really did that for the ethical culture movement as a whole. His book that you cited, The Humanist Way, is a good example of how to integrate history, interpretation, and teaching. But nobody has done that for the unique developments here in our particular community at WES. Uh, you mentioned Ed Erickson, and he was a leader, and he wrote history. I'm really fascinated by what Erickson wrote, and I love learning about him as a fellow graduate of Star King School. So should leaders of societies write the history of their own societies? Uh, I, I don't really expect that. Leaders are far too busy. <clears throat> if a leader writes anything, it's a book. I'm afraid a book about Wes, it's not going to have a big audience, uh, not the size necessary for publication. Leaders that write books like Ed Erickson down or down the road at River Road, you had Scott Alexander, uh, Bill Murray, and the current leader, Nancy Ladd, all have books out there in the field. But these have themes that engage a wider audience. Uh, what else should they have done? They have to go for the readership to make the, the uh, effort worth it. On the other hand, you have to realize that a leader like yourself, and certainly like Amanda Poppy, who spent 12 years here, leaders help make that West history. Every leader promotes intellectual and spiritual themes to instruct and guide us. A leader's tenure will be successful in the community and the leader can agree on what is important. Let me give you two examples from the past. 
Ed Erickson was here for a major step in the history of our community. Members back then in the 60s built our new meeting hall on 16th Street. It was a major step for a small community, but the new construction posed an ethical decision. Erickson backed civil rights. Erickson also backed unions. West members were strong supporters of both unions and equal rights. But back then, unions hired white only. Part of Erickson's leadership and members supported him in it was to start a discussion leading up to this difficult decision. <clears throat> and we built our new cinder block home with an integrated local but non-union workforce. That's a piece of our history that shows the trade-offs people had to wrestle with in the past. And guess what? It's still all about trade-offs in the community. Being ethical isn't an either easy path. Leadership counts. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd also mention former uh, West leader, senior leader Don Montagna in this context. Don started the relationship building program at West, <clears throat> and at the time, RB was a new theme. Um, the idea is you start with imperfect people and develop the human potential for high quality interpersonal relationships. West was perfectly in keeping with its time when it was introduced. During the 80s, people had turned inward from the civil rights movement and the anti-war movement, and they wanted to just reach their own individual full potential as human beings. Today, I think West members engage more with the external community and its national and global concerns. Times have changed, but look, we just put a lot of effort into a new community relations pact. The new pact describes what we want and the way we relate to each other. Taking a different tack back in the past, RB teachers work by teaching instructive examples and leading group practices. They created a momentum toward the place, place we want to be. So those are two different approaches. Of course, even today we have courses like the anti-racism course and that adopts the group learning approach as we did in the past. So when you look at history, it draws your attention <clears throat> to contrasting approaches so you can better select the most effective means for today's needs. <clears throat> now getting back to leadership, Don Montagna <clears throat> was responding to the need in the community for dispute resolution techniques that work for couples in trouble. There were a lot of them. Uh, Patty and I worked through this, a few issues with them. And also for internal groups like the board, which had very tumultuous relationships in the 80s. The RB movement healed and strengthened inside West. It was good for the times, but it was controversial at that time. Older members remembered the activism of the 50s and 60s and often uh, expressed regrets about the change that happened in the 80s. But the pendulum swings back. Now we see West working on racial justice and other national problems. Our recent leaders, Amanda and, and now you, Lynn, have led us on those issues. As much as I respect the 80s, I'll take that as an improvement. Thanks for that. That, that, was, that was a lot. I also want to put in a plug for Nancy Ladd's book. I think it is very good. But I hear you saying both, both we need to work on our relationships and we can't forget our external work. Can you tell us in a few words about what knowing history can do for us? Well, I'm not a historian, but as someone who reads history, and I've dabbled in collecting West history, I'll, I'll give you a few ideas. First, history reminds us that members have always struggled with certain issues, and the struggle goes on. Today, we must carry the torch and pass it on. Take civil rights. If you read James Baldwin, when he, what he wrote in the 50s and 60s, read it now. What he says about the dangers to a black man walking down the street, well, the dangers aren't that different now. Knowing that provides Perspective. History tells us, cautions us against expecting an easy breakthrough. <clears throat> I also feel history challenges us to focus on results, results that matter, say, for Black lives. To take another issue, consider the anti-Vietnam War movement. West members protested the war back then. Uh, then we as a nation got out of Vietnam only to jump into a series of Middle Eastern wars. West had a peace committee for a long time. Maybe we need, need, need now more discussion of public affairs and issues that lead to violent conflict in the world. Second, I'd say that history helps us make decisions. At the moment, Wes is approaching an important decision about a new permanent leader. The past shows that leaders serve to establish the themes for discussion and reflection. 
And more often than not, it's the leader who jump starts a new project here at West in the community. Members should consider in what direction they want to be led. And history can give us a feeling for what has worked for us in the past, although obviously we evolve to meet current challenges. Finally, I have to say, history reminds us of a simple fact. We're still here and survival is never easy. It is not automatic. We should be grateful for what members did in the past to keep West going. Although non-theistic religions no longer face the threats they faced in the 50s, the health and survival of the community requires us to stay relevant in members' lives and support members and their families. And from time to time, there will be financial crises that like they have, we've had in the past that call for soul searching and special effort. It looks like uh, we have another financial rough spot coming up on us now with the aftermath of COVID. So, you know, going back to history, if I have to say what the general lessons I see in them are, I'd sum it up like this. Number one, people come here because they want a community without being oppressed by dogma. And second, people keep coming here because they find interesting, engaged, and articulate people. And thirdly, the people bring their children here for an ethical education that doesn't depend on a father, God, punisher figure. So that's the some lessons and some challenges that persist. We are choosing a new leader again. It must be someone with the skills to lead this community in its visions and values. We need a strong education program for children and adults, and we need to survive. Wes has expenses like any other organization. Thanks for mentioning the leadership transition. That's gonna be on everyone's mind in the next year. You mentioned that a new leader will get a chance to assist members in setting directions for Wes in the future. Does the past suggest what directions Wes members want to prioritize? Well, anyone you ask, you ask will give you a different list, uh, but here, I'll, I'll give you mine. And you may mention that we had a session about this yesterday uh, in, uh, of people interested in Wes history. Uh, my list would include certainly any form of direct action, social justice. And I mean, our activities that perform good works in the community, in Washington, D.C. in particular, as opposed to correct talk. Of course, we have to educate our children. Uh, moreover, West members are very interested in learning. There must be adult education opportunities, seminars, courses, discussion groups, etc. And then I could list uh, ongoing themes like earth ethics, a good committee there, peace, racial justice, international aid, and many others. But I'll stop and I'll <clears throat> just ask people who are listening who are here today, what do you think is important? You know, you can let the leadership search committee know and that will help guide their decision. <clears throat> so that's a long list of things that Wes wants to do. Do you expect the new leader to do it all? Uh, certainly not. That hasn't been true in the past. <clears throat> Our programs have always depended on members to build and operate them. At West, the members participate, and it gets the chance then to build personal connections that builds the community when they participate. That is what makes West different from uh, listening to a TED talk on the internet. Uh, what I hope we do get in the new leader was someone with perception and a light touch. The leader needs to sense when members need a lift or a push, and then they sense when to pull back and let the members run with the ball. That's the way we get the most done around here. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned um, financial difficulties of COVID. You've, everybody's heard we've had a shortfall in the budget campaign and the pledge campaign. I do want to emphasize, I think that members did their best. I think the members who had the capacity to be generous were incredibly generous. And I think a lot of our members are struggling. So I think that the results of the pledge campaign represent really the best that we can do. I think it represents a lot of generosity, a lot of sacrifice, and a lot of goodwill towards Wes's mission. But we didn't quite get as much as we had hoped we would. And you just said that you think Wes is heading for a financial rough spot. How bad can it get? And tell us what history has said. How, what is, when have things like this happened before? Well, you know, when it's in the moment, the pain is infinite, right? And mm -hmm. so that's, we're going to feel today uh, that way. <clears throat> but I tell you, when I was I just joined Wes and I was really bullish about it and everybody was happy, we had a uh, anonymous donor who was supporting a good fraction of the budget. And then suddenly that donor stepped away. I've never heard quite this correct. I'm not even sure the story of what happened to the funding. But it, uh, that required a big push for members to go out and canvas for pledges and get uh, our community used to the idea of pledging. And it was very hard, very difficult. 
we did get through it. Uh, and then we, you know, stumbled into a period of long constrained budgets, but uh, uh, the West, as I said, survived and we should be proud of that. And I'm sure we're gonna survive today, Lynn. Mm -hmm. uh, 2008 was another time many of us will never forget. There was a bad economic downturn that year coupled with widespread job loss. So West members lost jobs, they couldn't pay their pledge or they were forced into a job with lower salary, had to cut their pledge. And that was just before uh, Amanda Poppy arrived here. As a new leader, she discovered pledge income was falling and in addition, we had collected special pledge money for building campaign, invested it uh, somewhat unfortunately in stocks and now stocks are down 50%. So she was in a really rough position financially when she came in at the same time of taking over leadership with a new group. So I think uh, we can, uh, in today's uh, environment, I think we'll have a better picture for the incoming permanent leader, uh, but I do hope things improve financially in the next uh, year. If not, here's what I would say we learned in the past, and I think we're learning it today. And this is just my interpretation, but I, I think these financial crisis histories show us that there's a meandering path to membership at West that goes through different stages of commitment. Many of us are attracted here and feel at home right away because West is a place to belong without giving up your individual inquiring mind and unorthodox beliefs. And many new members experience a kind of honeymoon period. Um, it takes time to realize that now that this is your house and houses are commitments. There's no way to avoid it. So in the past, the occasional financial crises have motivated members to step up when they can and make that solid commitment. And as you say, Lynn, it looks like people have stepped up as well as they can. We will, we will get through this, I'm sure. Absolutely, Wes will get through this. And, and, and I think that the outlook will improve um, as the economy picks back up. Uh, so we're getting near the end of our time, but I wonder if you have any other plans for working on the history of Wes? Uh, not uh, firm plans, but I'll mention a few. Uh, at the beginning, beginning of the conversation, I mentioned I had two steps to get involved and I did one out of duty. The website changed and material disappeared. Now, I don't want to talk in a general audience about what it would take to preserve digital information. However, if you have any expertise in digital technology, perhaps we can talk. My other involvement drew on my love for the ideas that people talk about here at West and the ideals they try to live and try hard. I wanted to keep those ideas alive for another generation. If I do anything in the future, I will try to get back and assemble newsletter articles, newsletter articles that explain well what West was doing and thinking. I'd like to see more articles written now. One just occurred to me yesterday. I was struck, Lynn, when you mentioned in conversation that the recent nonviolent communication workshop was a great success. I'm happy to hear that, hear, to hear about the success. It shows vitality in the community. Also, I can tell you from my newsletter uh, experience that we have very fine writers and communicators in the West community. Let's put the two together. My vision would be to have a peer-reviewed set of articles that summarize and record what the West community is doing and thinking. If we put the collection on a website and index it clearly, we will be creating history for a new generation to read. And who knows, a few people would even want to read it now. Thanks. That indexing is so important. I mean, you can have the platform addresses recorded, but if you don't know what Wes was doing, you don't know what was in the news that week, it doesn't mean the same thing. Uh, it's a very contextual form. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, Paul, I want to thank you again for sharing your knowledge and your yeah. wisdom, and especially for all you do to help make primary source documents available. I know you won't mind some help on that project. So folks, please contact Paul if you are interested. And we're going to close the platform address here. May we, what we learn about history instruct us and inspire us to move ever closer to our ideals in our quest for a better world. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. A framing question might help spark a memory of a personal experience or your observation. So what is your favorite fact or memory from West history? You can expound on the things that Paul was talking about too, about what history does for us. But if you need a little thing, what's your favorite memory or fact from West history? As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. We are building a new way.
Well, thanks again to Lynn and to Paul for a great dialogue, a lot to think about. Uh, you know, there's a lot of richness to our history. Uh, so it's really exciting to have that more accessible to us all. Thank you both so very much for that. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates in our own lives. You might consider indeed the framing question, which is, what is your favorite fact or memory from West history? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or on Facebook comments. Uh, so far, we're seeing lots of thank yous to Paul for preserving and curating our history, um, appreciation for the dialogue format that the platform used this morning. Um, so loved that it was conversational. You know, we're hearing folks commenting about that. Um, Sarah Morgan also adds great platform and music. I love hearing our own singers on Founders Day platform. So indeed, thank you to the West Chorus and to our, our own lyricist, Perry Bider, um, making our own bit of history there as well uh, by contextualizing things for us all. I'm curious, like what, what memories stand out for people about their time as a West member, whether you, or even as a West guest, if you are new to our community, what strikes you? You have a fresh eye on all of this um, and curious what folks might find um, most significant, most puzzling maybe, like why do we do that? <laughs> That's also a part of history is un unpacking the why uh, you know, how did, how, how did our patterns evolve? So feel free to share those questions as well, if you are so inclined. I will, oh, Abby says, my favorite act is the Supreme, fact is the Supreme Court case that established that belief in a deity isn't needed for the status of a religion. Indeed, that was pretty foundational. And interestingly also put us uh, you know, we were the lead on that, but put us into context of other faiths that also have a similar non-theistic outlook. And so it was that process also of common cause that helped, I think, carry the day as well. So that's also important for us to remember about that time. I'll mention uh, Lynn and Paul both made reference to it. Oh, here's Patty. Here, Patty Absh saying, among my favorite memories is the opening night of our first craft sale for America's homeless. Donations from artists covered every space and practically every member volunteered to make it happen. This was the first of 11 events which raised many thousands of dollars for national and local charities. 
Abby Deegan also adds, from my personal history, Next Wave belonged to a particular era and it was critical to my becoming part of the West community. And for those who don't know, Next Wave was a group of younger adults at West who uh, kind of banded together as an age cohort who were in a similar sort of age and stage of life and kind of grew up together in some ways and grew our families together. So that's a nice part of it. John Lika adds, Numerous platforms and West pass over satyrs. Indeed, our humanist satyrs are a unique part of our history. Lynn Cox says, John, tell us more about Pavlova. So let's see. The, now it's coming in fast and furious. Um, so I'm trying to keep up. Um, Sonia says, I really enjoy listening to folks who were here during the RB relationship building era talk about it. I remember at least one member talking about their recollection that having a common framework that many members had learned together really helped us as a community. And Vincent Tyler is talking to Paul in the chat. We'll, we'll let them um, work that out. Um, but sounds like Paul has some, that Paul, you might have a partner in Vincent Tyler who has some direct experience, it looks like. Barry Biter adds, Paul, I really enjoyed your historically informed perspectives on Wes's culture and issues. As for a favorite memory, I couldn't possibly pick one favorite, is the long discernment process by which the West community decided to remain in the AEU, American Ethical Union, and also join the UUA, which is the Unitarian Universalist Association. Despite the controversy, the vote was overwhelming because we had all worked through the issues together. Jeff Mehal adds, for me, it's the celebrations, particularly Stone Soup and Winterfest. I'm looking forward to their resumption. Joe, uh, Joe London also adds thanks to Paul for his work and her favorite fact is what she recalls, calls the ethical culture miracle. For example, after a catastrophic dress rehearsal for the first West Follies and a perfect performance, John Campbell, who along with Julie founded the Folly said, when I was a Christian, I didn't believe in miracles, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that humor is also, and performance and arts are also an important part of our history. Um, this is a comment, thanks to Paul. Some of their favorite memories are from the late 70s and mid 80s when Steve Boyan was a leader in training. While Don Montagna was teaching relationship building, Steve started the Public Affairs Committee and the Earth Ethics Committee. He led us in social action. Julie Drizzen adds, I'm proud of the fact that Wes embraces marriage equality long before that became a movement. Wes performed same-sex marriages decades before they were legal. My own same-sex marriage took place at the end of a West platform right after gay marriage became legal a decade ago. The whole congregation joyfully celebrated with us. Our marriage didn't make it, but our relationship is better than ever, and we are still in love with Wes. Well, that is a beautiful sentiment indeed. I think that that's a great place to shift and note that just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they are able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to Free Minds Book Club and Writing Workshop. Free Minds Book Club and Writing Workshop uses the literary arts, workforce development, and violence prevention to connect incarcerated and formerly incarcerated youth and adults to their voices, their purpose, and the wider community. Free Minds invites all who are interested in their virtual write night, W-R-I-T-E night, of this Wednesday, May 26th. The event will include guest speakers from the Free Minds Poet Ambassadors and a chance to read and respond to the poems using an app called Miro. You can find more information about this unique event at Free Minds Book Club, all one word, freemindsbookclub.org. You can see that on the slide too. Here on the slide, you'll see the number to give by text for today's collection, which is 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org or using the URL tiny.cc slash westgives. We will now receive your gifts and the musician's gifts of music.
Step by step, the longest march can be won, can be won. Many stones can form an arch, singly none, singly none. And by union, what we will can be accomplished still. Drops of water turn a mill, singly none. Singly none. Step, step by step, the longest march can be me, can be one. Many stones to fall and an arch, singly none, singly none. And by union, what we will can be accomplished Drops of water left to Step by step, the longest march can be won, can be won. Many stones fall on an arch, singly done, singly done. And by union, what we will can Yes, thank you again for that very almost hypnotic music from the West Chorus. Terrific. Leah did a nice job putting that all together. So this is um, time when we want to say our thank yous, not only to the West Chorus and to Leah Morris, our interim music coordinator, and some guest musicians from UC Silver Spring that we will hear from toward the end of our time. We say thank you also to membership coordinator Maceo Thomas, to our slide artists, John and Abby Dakin, and our tech host, John Pfeiffer. Thank you also to Robin Crab for communication support and to our guest coffee hour host, Adam Goldberg, who's doing double duty today, lighting candles and helping welcoming folks into the coffee hour that will begin at the conclusion of the platform. And we hope you'll join us for that time, which you can do by pointing your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. Once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups, which you're welcome to drift in and out of as you choose to greet different people. And we'll add that URL again at the end of our time this morning. Thank you to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. As always, this week has a variety of opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually around shared interests and in support meetings and discussion groups. Today at one o'clock, the philosophy discussion group and the sci-fi book group are both meeting. You can find the details for that and all the other events on our website calendar at ethicalsociety.org. Looking ahead, here are a few upcoming events to be aware of. First off, parents, guardians, and teachers, your response to the survey about programs for children and youth is most appreciated by this Friday, May 28. The link was in news and notes and in the Soulful Home newsletter this past week. So please do um, weigh in. It's both about the history and the future when we do these surveys. <laughs> Next Sunday, May 30, our platform speaker will be ethical culture leader Jay Hooper. Jay's theme, This Is My Story, This Is My Song, draws on the work of their beloved mentor and professor, Dr. James Halcone, the father of black liberation theology and the shaping of moral imagination. Jay will explore the intersection of the Negro spiritual and blues that calls for an embodied humanism. On Tuesday, June 1st at seven o'clock, business administrator Tom Hutton and interim leader Lynn Cox will be taking questions about the proposed operating budget. You can look for the Zoom link for that in the upcoming news and notes email that comes during the week. Our spring membership meeting will be on Sunday, June 6th after platform. Topics will include the election of trustees and a leadership search committee, a vote on whether to revise our statement of purpose, the budget for the next fiscal year, and a report from the Community Relations Committee. You can also expect to hear reports from the senior leader, the board, and other committees. An agenda and materials were shared just this morning, so look for that email message with all the details. 
I also want to point out, so apropos to today's topic, that there was a meeting yesterday to construct a collaborative timeline for West history. The point was not so much to verify facts as to lift up what's on our minds and hearts about Wes's history. If you missed the event, but would like to add to the timeline on Google Jamboard, which was a very cool tool, please email interim leader Lynn Cox at lynnc at ethicalsociety.org to get the link. The Jamboard will be open for a week, so please do. We stimulated lots more memories and thoughts today, so please make a point of adding those in. And finally, thank you for being here with us. Now let's enjoy our together our closing song of the month, Lead the Way. much to Leah and the UUC of Silver Spring for that music again. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, listening for and living into our shared story for our hearts and for our quest for a better world. Have a great week, everyone. We encourage you to join us for virtual coffee hour. You can see that link on the slide. And if you're new to the community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. There will be his email and the connection link again in the chat in just a moment. Um, we also encourage, you can see it also on the slide, we also encourage uh, visitors, newcomers, regular attendees to join in the coffee hour as well. It's a great chance to meet some other folks. Um, we wish everyone a beautiful week um, and a long weekend ahead, which we hope will also include some time with Wes, again, virtually at Platform. But get outside and enjoy the beauty. 
connect with Brood X maybe as we go. It was a great morning together. Hopefully have you have a wonderful week as well. I encourage you to hop on over to the coffee hour and say, thanks, Alex. Oh, we're going to correct some information on the calendar to get links to the events so that everybody can find all the great places to connect here at WES. And we're going to say thanks again to Paul for both his work and his presentation this morning. We're really delighted about that. I'm going to say bye, you know, farewell to those still here. We're going to close this link in just another moment or so. So farewell to Vincent and to Trang, to Sarah and to Patty, to Marty, to Julie, to John and Joe, to Anne, Catherine. We're delighted you were here with us this morning. We wish you all a great week. See folks in coffee hour shortly. Have a great week ahead. And I think we'll close this out. Just another moment. Be well all, stay safe.